Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway. And I'm Cameron Conway. And this podcast is a very personal look at personal finance in Canada. Welcome to It's Personal Finance Canada. I'm Christine Conway here with Cameron Conway. And today we're going to talk about the perks of owning a small business in Canada. Oh, I wonder what those can be. Let me guess. Uh, tax advantages. Tax deductions. The ability to bribe a politician. Am I getting warmer? Oh my goodness. Actually, today I didn't want to focus on the day-to-day stuff because I mean, that is where the brain goes automatically when you talk about, ooh, I'm going to be a small business owner. I'm going to save a bunch of tax. Absolutely, that is true. There are huge preferential tax treatments for active business in Canadian-controlled private corporations. And of course, that is what we will be talking about today. But I want to talk about the big things. So there's two things in particular that can kind of move the needle for you if you decide to become an owner or a director of a Canadian-controlled private corporation, which sounds way, way, way more intimidating than it actually is. Yeah, well, we kind of talk about small business a lot on this podcast because I know it's a personal finance podcast, but one of the easiest ways in order to actually make some personal finance for yourself is setting up your own corporation and your own business because it opens up a whole slew of different opportunities, income streams, and everything else. Well, that's right. And it also affords you a good bit of protection as well. Corporations are completely separate entities from you. So that means there's separation. Their taxes and your taxes are separate. Their liabilities and your liabilities are in most cases separate. And in a lot of cases, you can kind of draw a line between activity and say, this is activity taken by the business. This is activity taken by me personally, even if you're the same person working in the business as the owner of the business. Well, that's right. Legally speaking, the corporation is its own separate entity separate from yourself. So let's see what kind of fun we can have with one. Sure. So let's start first by saying, what is a Canadian-controlled private corporation? So CCPC is kind of the jargon that everybody likes to throw out there. It's just an abbreviation of the name. Which is easier to say than Kapuk. Kapuka. 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 There we go. And a lot less uh, kind of gross sounding, can I say? Okay. But yes, so what is the criteria? Now, there's a number of rules that your lawyer will tell you about when you're setting one of these up. But the most important ones to keep in mind is it has to be privately held, which means this is not a publicly traded company. You can't buy it on a stock exchange. It has to be controlled and owned by a resident. So Canadian part of Canadian controlled PC is you want someone in charge that is also a resident. And it also cannot be controlled by another company. So if you're trying to go with the structure of my corporation owns another corporation and a third corporation three times removed so that you can't figure out who the actual owner is. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about here. Is that something that is generally shunned upon and those kind of loopholes are being slowly closed in Canada? As this is more of an individual company with its own ownership structure and it's not a subsidiary of a subsidiary of a trust. Well, and in BC here, our government has taken steps against this with something called the Transparency Registry, where the actual human controlling a corporation that has 
a beneficial interest in that corporation and that has a certain percentage of ownership has to be declared now when you're doing your annual filings. And hopefully this is something that other provinces will pick up on as well. I'm not sure if other provinces have this implemented or not. Uh, I know it was a big deal when it came out here, but it's always good to be able to identify who the human is pulling the triggers behind these things. Yes, we must emphasize the human in charge and not the CEO AI bot. (laughs) Yeah, let's hope it's not an AI machine controlling your corporation. Although I did see a robot serve sushi at a local restaurant uh, this past weekend. It wasn't even a fancy restaurant. It was just a mall Chinese restaurant with a fancy little robot buzzing around. So welcome to the future. (laughs) Hey, and the robot was dressed like a kitty cat. It had little ears and a tail and everything. But I digress. Where did we slip onto the dark timeline? (laughs) This is the future. All right, let's go back to... To the perks of owning a small business, which is why you're here. You don't want to hear about our lunch plans. <laughs> and um, Or how you can use corporations to hire your own army of robots to do your bidding for you. That's a whole other episode. So let's talk about the capital dividend account. But first, we'd like to do a shout out to James, who sent me an email. He had listened to the What to Do When You Make More Money podcast, and he had made a comment that lots of blogs, lots of podcasts don't really talk about this little thing called the CDA, which again is fancy accountant jargon for capital dividend account. And he said, well, you know, I mean, I agree with this. There's not a ton of information about it out there, but it is a mechanism that can be hugely beneficial if you follow the parameters. So if you follow the rules, play by it nicely, have your accountant work with you on this. This is a really great way to distribute non-taxable capital gains, which is incredible. Anytime you can get any money out of any entity tax-free, it should raise eyebrows and get attention. So this is very, very strictly managed by the CRA. I'm going to do a bit more of an explainer today. And I will say right at the very, very start of this, not an accountant. So I would actually invite, if we have accountants out there listening, specifically in BC, um, you guys have the hands-on day-to-day run with the numbers application of this that is a lot more practical than what I would know. What I have on this is kind of the book knowledge, right? Like we've read the textbook, we we have a basic understanding of how it works, but we're not the people behind the scenes pulling the triggers. We're not the people actually monitoring these, setting them up, or filing for the exemptions. Well, that's right. We're the ones that are enjoying the use of the CDA and not the ones doing the legwork to get it all set up. So I would love to say if there's an accountant out there who's really good at explaining things really plainly because, hey, I like things simple and simple is how I understand things best. So if there's someone out there that wants to come on the show and talk to us about this a little bit, that would be awesome. Uh, You can always reach out to us on the Facebook group or send me an email through Braun Financial Services. But let's keep it moving here. So let's get back to the free money now account. So what is a capital dividend account? So a capital dividend account is really just a tracking account. All it's doing is it is following or monitoring the accrual of capital dividends. So you can't really have a discussion about the capital dividend account without you understanding what a capital dividend is. So while there are a number of ways to get this capital dividend balance in your capital dividend account, 
what they are or where they generate, where they come from, most commonly are the tax-free portion of a capital gain realized by a corporation. Now, if you think about that in terms of how we as individuals, so as people and not corporations, receive capital gains, it makes a lot of sense. If I'm an individual investor, so myself as Christine, I decide I want to buy an investment and it's a investment that will generate a capital gain and I make money, I will have a capital gain or the ability to elect a capital gain on that. So what that means is with the current capital gains inclusion rate being 50%, only half of the money I make is taxable. Now, if this is a non-registered account that we're talking about, my principal is not taxed. It's only my gain, the money that I've made that's taxed, and only half of that is taxable. So in a corporate setting, this is kind of the mirror that's happening there. So a corporation can also invest in things that can generate capital gains. And when they invest in things that can generate capital gains, there is the ability to take that non-taxable portion, the same as I would receive as an individual, and have that put in an account. So it's just a number on a ledger that basically says you now have this non-taxable gain in your capital dividend account. And because it's the non-taxable portion, that's how you can get it out tax-free. Yeah, for a long time, people would uh, kind of trade stocks or investments through their corporation, but this got restricted heavily once the current government came into power federally. But this can also apply to things like companies who buy and manage and sell real estate because there are those capital gains set up. So it's just those kinds of alternative income. So this isn't like I sell something and then I take my profit and throw it in there. This is sort of everything else outside of that active business income. And that's where you want to get your accountant involved because when you're talking about specific assets and their eligibility for this, you want to run it by someone who's doing this on the daily. So that's your accountant. And that's the person that can really say, yes, you know what, if you take this action, it will generate CDA capital dividend account balance for you. And that can be paid out tax free down the road or no, it cannot. Yeah, and just remember the most important thing. Uh, the hourly rate of your account is always far cheaper than an audit is. Oh my goodness, yes. And better to get good qualified advice, do it correctly right from the get-go. My goodness, the amount of stress you'll save yourself as well is huge. So when we're talking about capital dividend account and the capital gain, we have to talk about the flip side of that as well, because sometimes an investment that you make has a loss. So if you've had a capital loss, that loss can actually reduce the amount that you have as a corporation in your capital dividend account. So that's something that's really interesting as well. Now, here's a bit of a timing tip, because some people will say, great, I've accumulated capital dividend balance in my capital dividend account. I'm ready to pay it out, but I'm thinking of selling this thing, dun, 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 and it might muck it all up. So you might elect to take the tax-free money first before you sell the thing that could generate a capital loss, because you don't want to find yourself in the position where you thought you had a higher number of capital dividend available, and now you don't, because the loss incurred reduced the amount of capital dividend available in your capital dividend account. Now, how many times can I say capital dividend in a sentence? Oh my goodness. All right, let's move on here. There's also this very, very big process involved if you want to file 
If you want to take a capital dividend, you actually have to tell the CRA that you're doing this. You have to file an election uh, to do so. And part of that is proving the calculation that shows how much has accrued in there. Another interesting point that I kind of saw as I was looking through this was capital gains inclusions rates. So the amount of capital gains that is taxable change over time. Now, this is something that the governments get to decide, the feds, as they kind of go through their politicking. Uh, Sometimes it's been higher historically. Sometimes, I mean, it can get lower as well. Uh, There's a big thought out there that it'll probably go up just because governments need more money right now. So that's a great mechanism to bring in extra tax revenue for them. Not great for us, but good for them. Um, So when you're looking at it that way, you have to be aware of the year that you receive that capital gain because the capital exemption rate that is in effect in that year is the rate that applies. So if the rate changes in the future, you can't say, oh, well, you know, now the capital gains inclusion rate is higher or lower, so I'm going to choose the one that's better for me. Uh, It has to be year by year. So again, that's why your accountant is an absolutely invaluable part of doing this calculation. I would not recommend anyone who is not a professional to try and take this on. It would be way too much. Yeah, and the way that the different numbers and tax rates work, this is kind of an encouragement to take that money out. Because I know years ago, that was kind of the big push in Ottawa was to kind of limit companies from just hoarding cash like this. And it kind of forces them to pay it out, get that money into the economy and get things, well, really spent instead of just sitting in a corporation for decades, essentially doing very little. That's right. But you do have to be aware when you take it out that you don't take too much because there is a huge punitive tax. I believe it's called part three tax. Uh, That is 60% of the excess amount plus any interest that you accrue on it until the date of payment. Uh, So very, very big action from the CRA trying to dissuade people from misusing these things. So essentially, if you want to use your capital dividend account and take out your your tax-free money, you have to, number one, prove that the money is in there, where it came from, have the tracking mechanisms in place showing what year and everything that it accrued. And then you have to be able to prove that you're not taking out any more or you could be taxed heavily. And I should make a note here as well. This is a benefit for Canadians. So this is something that was designed to benefit Canadian residents. So it is tax-free if you're a Canadian resident. Now, let's say you were a Canadian resident, but now you're not. You've moved. You don't plan on coming back here permanently. You can still take out a capital dividend. However, there will be an automatic non-resident withholding tax of 25%. Now, that can change a little bit. Uh, depending on the tax treaty that you have in whatever country you find yourself. So again, more accountant discussion there. Now, let's move on to talk about some of the other ways that you can get capital dividends and capital dividend account balance. Now, one of the absolute most powerful and underutilized tools for a business, in my opinion, is a life insurance policy. Yes, we are talking about life insurance. We can sell life insurance, but this is, like Christine said, this is something a lot of people don't realize. And especially combining different kinds of life insurance at different situations with a CDA could actually have some very interesting results. Well, that's right. So disclaimer on this is if you're in the BC area, we sell these. We do do this for clients. Uh, If you're a business owner looking to have this kind of thing done and looked at, by all means, hit us up. But we do have a bias here because this is 
a part of what we do in our business. You could make the argument that pretty well everything we talk about is part of what we do in our business. But, um, you know, people get funny with life insurance and with people promoting it. But I think that that's why the advantages are missed. Life insurance is an incredible way to multiply wealth. So you can either multiply the wealth for your kids and say, you know what, hey, I'm going to spend every cent that I have and then my life insurance is going to replace that money. Or if you think multi-generationally, it's an incredible way to multiply the wealth that you have for future generations so that you are setting up serious legacy money. Um, Plus, like I said, if you're an accountant listening to this or if you're a small business owner listening to this, life insurance proceeds when used properly and when you kind of understand the moving parts of them, because it's not all of it, uh, the benefit to a corporation when the corporation is the beneficiary of this policy can add capital dividend account balance, which means tax-free money. And for life insurance, when you've planned this correctly, it can be a lot of tax-free money. So it can really be a game changer for the future of the business. Now, let's talk about when this is usually used. Usually there's not just one person owning a business, there's usually multiple shareholders. Well, yeah, exactly. This is essentially the most, well, the two most common areas are there's either a multiple ownership structure where this is used to ensure that the shares are transferred properly to the surviving shareholder, or this is when there is a buy sell in place to ensure that the shares will be funded properly. That's right. And both are equally important because, I mean, geez, a lot of businesses as they transition these days, you're going from an older generation to a younger generation anyways. So life insurance is always a staple to make sure that the person who's exiting their family can get their money kind of thing. Uh, Or if you've got, you know, this great business owner who's calling all the shots and running it and making all the deals and they're suddenly gone, my goodness, how do you replace that person without two or three people and a whole bunch of cash to pay all those high salaries and keep this business going. So there are a number of uses from a continuity of the business point of view where business insurance makes a ton of sense. Let's talk about it as a way of generating capital dividend account balance or ca- generating capital dividend. So I, I should probably interject one more. Notice that we're talking about insurance policies where the person knows they are insured. This isn't those secret ghost insurance policies, certain major corporations holding all of their staff. This is where everyone knows what's going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you you definitely want to be aware of what's going on when you're doing one of these. And to be clear on the life insurance side, so the actual capital dividend, the tax-free portion is the net proceeds of a life insurance policies received by the corporation as a beneficiary under the policy minus the adjusted cost base of that policy. And the adjusted cost base can have a whole bunch of things involved in there. There can be, I mean, sometimes there's dividends, sometimes there's loans, sometimes there's a big thing is the net cost of pure insurance, which is a number that you're going to want to know. It changes a little bit every year. So it's something that can get tracked through the life insurance policy over the lifetime of that life insurance policy. Yeah, and this is something that can vary widely, whether it is a uh, a term policy, a term 100 policy, or even a whole life policy. 
So I'm going to get technical for just a second here and talk about the adjusted cost base of a life insurance policy, which no one actually wants to hear about, but this is very important for this context. Yes, this is your uh, second very technical strike of the podcast. <laughs> I only get three, right? If I get too detailed, you're going to cut me off and then it's just going to be you talking for the rest of the time here. Yeah, me and the dog. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, you don't hear her very much. You hear our kid more often than you hear the dog. So I guess that's a good thing. But okay, let me let me try and simplify it then. The adjusted cost base of a life insurance policy, it's complex. So it takes into account all deposits, all withdrawals, loans, dividends, costs of insurance. And there was actually a very, very big change to something called the net cost of pure insurance that happened at the beginning of the year in 2017, where if your policy was before 2017, uh, you had actually the ability to create more of a capital dividend account balance than you can now. But the provision is still very, very good. It's still certainly worth the doing. So just be aware that the net cost of pure insurance, the way it's calculated and the way the ACB is calculated can change at different periods of time. There was a big change that happened at the beginning of the year in 2017. There have been other changes that have happened prior. So the year that you took out your life insurance policy can have a big impact on how your capital dividend account balance will be calculated. Yeah, and that's right. That's why life insurance policies taken it before 1982 never let go of them. Okay, so let's say I'm the older person in a partnership that runs a corporation, and I want to make sure that I get to choose who buys my shares when something happens to me down the road. Let's say I'm a lifer and I'm planning to work as long as I absolutely physically can, um, or you know, maybe I'm not in great health and I just want to make sure that no matter what happens, that A, the people I want to have control will have control, and B, there is money to pay for these shares of my corporation because as your business grows, the value of your business is going to grow along with it. And most partners, even partners in your business today, might not have the amount of cash sitting around needed to make a big share purchase. So that's where you talk to your lawyer, you do the buy-sell agreement, which is the legal agreement that goes with your life insurance policy, basically saying, this is who will buy at this period of time. You can also do this with disability and critical illness insurance, which are also points of exit for business owners, where essentially, if I can't work, if I'm sick and I want to sell my shares, what will happen and what are the triggering events that will cause that? Always better to decide on these things when everyone's healthy and everyone's getting along. Very, very messy after an event has occurred to try and put something in place. And honestly, you can't fund these things with insurance after something has gone wrong. So for this purpose, once you've met with your lawyer, you've done your buy-sell agreement, you've figured out what mechanism is going to be used to buy the shares, the capital dividend account, because your capital dividends from life insurance minus the ACB and the net cost of pure insurance, because that portion is tax-free, it means there's more money available. You don't have to reach deep, deep, deep into your pockets to redeem all this money and then pay taxes and then you can redeem the shares. It's automatically tax-free. So it can come out of the corporation tax-free and fulfill the purpose. And a good life insurance agent will work with your lawyer to make sure that the values align with what's agreed on in your buy-sell agreement. And also that there's a provision within your life insurance policy where you can add more money to grow the value of your life insurance policy through investments 
as your business grows in value and as the share price of your business would increase naturally over time. Yeah, that's right. So essentially, let's say you've got partner A and partner B. And so the insurance says and the buy itself says that their shares are worth 100 grand. So the person passes, the life insurance pays out, the 100 grand goes into the corporation, which assumes control of person A's shares. Then that 100K goes to the CDA and it goes to whoever the beneficiary is. And then the shares transfer from the corporation over to shareholder B. And then everything is nice and clean and done. Nice and clean is the way you want it, especially in a stressful time like this. And I would say as well, even if you're not using it as a buy-sell like we've just illustrated here, if you're an individual trying to build wealth for your family and you've run out of all of the other tax-efficient vehicles, so your RSPs are maxed, your TFSA is maxed, you don't want any more non-registered money, and you've identified that you have enough to live on during your lifetime... Using a life insurance policy and specifically using the investments available within a life insurance policy, not held corporately, but held personally, can generate huge amounts of tax-free cash for your family down the road. So that's something that you can explore both inside of and outside of your business to really explode the ability that you have to grow your wealth over time. So don't discount life insurance just because, yeah, sometimes it's not sold correctly or sometimes it's been oversold by people just looking to make a buck, but it is a very good, completely separate asset class that should be treated as such. And it can have, like I said, incredibly powerful ways of multiplying wealth for families and for businesses. Okay, so with the CDA, we covered uh, how capital gains can move through, how life insurance policies can move through. Is there any other type of income or finance that can be put into the CDA, which we can take out? So a couple other things that are common um, from trusts, if you're the beneficiary there, the corporation. Also, corporations can move CDA balances to other corporations. Uh, Typically, like if a corporation is going to go public or something like that, they would want to remove their CDA balance. Another quick note about life insurance policies, because you just can't get enough about me talking about them today, uh, is um, if you use your life insurance policy as collateral, which a lot of people as business owners do, they take it to the bank as kind of a no questions asked, I'm going to assign this over to the bank. Um, This can impact your capital dividend account. So please make sure if you're going to fully assign your life insurance policy, but you're also counting on creating tax-free capital dividends, talk to your agent about this because don't just do it and think it's all going to work out fine. Uh, If you've collaterally assigned your policy, you could be in, in danger of splitting this up. So something to take a look at more closely if that's you. Okay, that's enough of that. I've said life insurance way too many times already. So let's move on before everybody stops listening. Let's quickly shift gears for the last couple minutes we have here. And if people want to talk about this in greater detail, absolutely we can in the future. But I wanted to talk about the lifetime capital gains exemption. And again, this is for small businesses here in Canada. This is another great way to save you from paying some taxes once you are ready to exit your business. And this is a tool that can help people save and plan for retirement and automatically have a big chunk of cash that is, again, very, very, very happy from a tax perspective uh, to help you out as you move from being a business owner to the next phase of your life. 
So the most important thing when you're looking at a lifetime capital gains exemption is whether or not you qualify. Because like anything else that's dealing with the CRA, that's dealing with taxes, there is going to be a very long and very detailed list of who can and who cannot and what is eligible and what is disallowed. So rather than going into all of these things today for for the interest of time, and because these lists can change over time. And because you're already at two technical strikes. Yeah. <laughs> and because Cam's going to turn off this podcast pretty soon if I keep talking this way. Uh, yes. So let's just say, have, have some, whoever you're working with at the time, they will know the rules. Your lawyer will be up on the rules. Your accountant will be up on the rules. Uh, and essentially, if you are selling your business's qualified shares, this is something that can happen for you. There are also important exemptions this way for farm and fishing property. So nice to throw that out there as well, if that's the thing that is up for you. So yeah, the exemption for farm is a lot higher, but that's more to ensure that the farm can go from one generation to another. This isn't like wholesale, sell the farm to a corporation. This is essentially moving the farm between generations, which is why there's a different threshold. Right. And rather than throwing out a number here, because this amount can change every year as well. Um, or every budget. <laughs> add someone in, yeah, add someone in Ottawa's discretion. That's, uh, that's the way these things go. Essentially, if you sell qualifying shares in a Canadian business in a given year that meet all of the criteria, you can have a lifetime capital gains exemption that will keep you from paying taxes. Now, Last year in 2022, it was $913,630. So only half of that capital gain was taxable. Now, if you think of that in terms of your retirement savings, and you can suddenly have tax-free proceeds of over $450,000, if of course you've sold your business for an amount in excess of that, um, and you have achieved the maximum and as it goes, right? I mean, it's not yeah, you can't just set up a corporation a couple of days before you retire and try and claim this. No, no, no. It has to make sense with the value of your business, the value of the shares at the time they were sold, and it has to be a share sale. So this is all things that have to be looked at by someone who's qualified. But this is a huge perk in the exit of a business. So maybe let's just leave that at that for today, because like we said, I've, I've exhausted my technical limits for today. And uh, if this is something anyone would like to hear us talk about in greater detail, we're happy to do so. Or you can always ask us questions on the Facebook group. Um, if you're in BC looking for someone to work with about anything that we've talked about here today, please feel free to reach out to us at Brown Financial, brownfinancial.com. And as always, we're here, we're happy to help. So in summary, today was all about focusing on the big things, big things that can really move the needle and help you in a large way, rather than just in the day-to-day -day taxation, get big chunks of change out of your business in a perfectly legit and endorsed by the CRA, maybe they don't like it, but hey, it's their rules. And as long as you follow them, you should be fine uh, way. So we looked at the capital dividend account, the tracking mechanism for capital dividends. We've looked at how capital dividends are incredibly powerful because, hey, who doesn't like tax-free money? And we very, very briefly talked about the lifetime capital gains exemption, which is what will matter when you sell your business, shares of your business down the road. So until next time, take care. And all the best. <laughs>